Welcome to Humans of Twitter, a podcast where we discover the stories behind the people behind the Twitter accounts. People that are interesting, opinionated, and surprising. I'm your host, Steve Malk, and today I'm speaking with someone who describes themselves as one half of the Naked Magicians, LGBT activist, writer, producer, not Macklemore, Instagram at CW Magic. Humans of Twitter is their stories in their words in a little more than 140 characters. Please welcome today's addition to the Humans of Twitter list, Chris Wayne. Hi. Chris, in social settings, how do you introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Chris. That's about it. Um, as in when, when I say what I, what I do and stuff, is that what you mean? Yes. Yeah, cool. Um, so I, I've been doing magic and stuff for about 11 years now. And that's how most people know me. Well, uh, most people know me now as one half of the Naked Magicians. Um, mm-hmm. But when, when people ask what I do, I say I work in entertainment because even though that is my main thing, this is what I'm best known for, it's, it's actually just one of the few things that I work on. Um, I'm quite busy in entertainment so uh, because aside from being in the Naked Magicians, um, I did write um, and create it. Uh, I produce it. Um, I've written and produced a couple of other shows. Uh, mm-hmm. I've got, uh, my next one in the works now, which is going to be quite big. Uh, I'm one of the managers for the illusionist, which is now the biggest magic show in history. So mm-hmm. I, I do, a, I've got a weekly segment on ABC. All of these things, um, keep me busy as an entertainer. Um, so I just say I work in entertainment is how I normally would introduce myself. Is that an important distinction for you? Magic versus entertainer, magician versus entertainer? I'm a weird magician in that I hate all the stigmas associated with it. Like when people think magician, they think, um, you know, they conjure up images of top hats and capes and wands and all that kind of shit. And, Hmm. um, and my goal isn't to be known as the magic guy. And obviously, especially in the naked magicians, now that it's um, kind of popular, it's something I can't really avoid, but um, I, I try and when I meet people in a face-to-face scenario, let people know that I'm not just about that because you can get the number of people's mobile phones where I'm saved is like Chris Magic or Chris Naked mm. Magic is ridiculous. And um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm just Chris. I'm just Chris. I'm a magic geek that happened to come up with a couple of good ideas along the way. How does a love of magic begin for Chris? Well, the same way it begins for everyone, because I realized recently that just about everyone goes through that magic phase in their life. Did you have that when you were growing mm. up? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I just never grew out of it. Um, <laughs> is pretty much what happened. I, yeah, I'd, I've loved it ever since I was a little kid. My grandpa used to show me magic tricks. And when I was about 20, 21 years old, I'd, I'd never done it um, outside of a little side interest you know, like learning a cool trick here and there. And I was working at mm. Arnott's Biscuits and I asked myself as an adult, well, if I could have any one job in the world, what would it be? And, and for me, the answer ever since I was a kid was to be a magician. And I thought, well, fucking why not? Like, why not try? And that's what I did. I, <laughs> I realized this is funny because I just swore, but I started as a Christian magician. That's how you and I came to meet. Mm-hmm. I, I used to be a Christian and uh, I wanted to do something that no one had done before. And I thought, well, what if I used magic to communicate the message of, of my faith system as a Christian? And, uh, and that's what I did. It sort of projected me pretty fast. I was also, I had a weekly spot on a kid's TV show called Toasted TV uh, where I did magic mm-hmm. every week. And between those two things, I, I was lucky enough to have a pretty good sort of 
kickoff for what has been an incredible uh, 10 years as, a, as an entertainer. What do you think is people's expectation of you when you mention that you're a magician? As a magician, oh, my God, they, I must be such a disappointment to me. Um, <laughs> because people expect that I'm like everything I do is magical and I'm going to, you know, every time I pick up something off the table, I'm going to show you a trick or something. I am a magic geek, but it's pretty much at home or on stage. Mike, the other half in The Naked Magicians, He'll do it anywhere and everywhere, and he'll show you magic, whether if you want to see it or not. But but with me, yeah, even though yeah. people do, they really do expect that my life is like that. I ride around on a broomstick, and you know, I conjure up things from thin air. But um, I am incredibly <laughs> boring in that aspect. <laughs> What's your favorite trick that you've created? <sighs> it's a tough call. Um, we're in, there's a trick that we do in the Naked Magicians, and I'm, I actually don't want to give it away, but it, sure. when we came up with it, we we realized that we had either – it's the finale of our show, and we realized that we had either just made the best piece of entertainment that would skyrocket us into a show that people had to talk about, or we just ended our entire career. We, we do something in the show that's so out there and so risque, so magical and so hilarious that it, it doesn't go below the belt, but I tell you what, it grabs onto the belt and almost yanks it off altogether. Um, and it's just <laughs> when we do it every night in the show, I look at the audience's faces, I look over at Mike, and Mike and I are so excited because the audience don't know what's about to happen, and we do, and we tr- we're trying to act cool and keep it all together. And then when we unleash it on the crowd, it's just, it's pandemonium. Like it's the only time I've ever heard people scream in a magic trick. Um, yeah. So that's, that's pretty much all I can say because for me, and this is something I'm very big on magic is not about creating something that tricks or fools people. It's about using that. Um, it's about using the recreation of something impossible to entertain people. And you can't entertain people without injecting emotion into it. And for us, that emotion is humor and promiscuity. Are you addicted to that energy, that feedback that you get from the crowd? I'm, I'm addicted to work. Um, I'm addicted to creating entertainment. And, but you know, after shows I do like, as soon as I'm back mm-hmm. um, in my hotel wherever in the world we are, I'm on Twitter, I'm on Facebook, I'm on the net, I'm looking up every hashtag, every comment, everything, just to see <laughs> how, what people thought of the show. Um, anytime a review comes in, I, I can't read it quick enough. Um, and I, don't, I think that's just a, a part of what makes someone a good entertainer. You, you know, Steve, I, I was thinking recently about the people that I look up to in entertainment. I look up to people like Michael Jackson and Elton John and um, David mm-hmm. Copperfield. Um, none of those guys have moderation whatsoever. Yep. Um, they obviously Michael Jackson's past now, but they were obsessed with their craft and it wasn't their job. It was their life. Like they lived and breathed playing piano, dancing and singing, creating magic. And that's, that's what I want to be. I, I want to have an unhealthy balance in my, in my love for, uh, for creating entertainment. And that is my ultimate driving force. What's the biggest compliment that you've got in relation to, say, this Naked Magician show? Ah, uh, that my cock is bigger than Mike's. 
<laughs> How does Mike feel about that? <laughs> um, <laughs> um, no, well, he's got abs and I don't. So it's like one all. Um, <laughs> what I will say is I think the biggest um, compliment we've ever received was when uh, we did, I can't remember when it was, just a reviewer, a very respected reviewer described us as the most entertaining show of the year. Um, wow. And then that was when we sort of realized that we were onto something special. What a lot of people don't know about the Naked Magicians is it wasn't something that we just did. We had the idea for the poster and then I wrote the show with Mike for 12 months. And um, after the 12 months, we spent two months rehearsing. And after that, we got a hundred people and we did a show, a test show for them. And um, they had to fill out two pages of, of, of this questionnaire each. And then we read that questionnaire nice. and changed the show according to what they what we needed to change. And we kept the stuff that they really liked and took out the stuff that they didn't like. And it was all universal. And so we really breathed so much of ourselves into it. So uh, And then when we got this review saying it was the most entertaining show of the year, um, it, yeah, it, we knew we had something good. And that was probably the best compliment I'd ever received because this was someone that sits and watches shows every single day of their lives for a living. How was it that first time that you walked on stage knowing that you were or about to reveal almost completely yourself naked to the audience? <laughs> well, we do get completely naked in the show, but we don't do it straight away. So we come, hmm. we come out in suits and we kind of, we think of it like a first date that you got to, you know, <laughs> got to hang out with us for a while and laugh at our jokes. And then if you do all that, there's a pretty good chance you'll get to see the goods later on. Um, and I was, I was shitting my, myself. I was so scared um, because Mike and I weren't strippers or anything like that. We were, mm. we were magic geeks. And, um, but we knew we had to – we really had to balls up if we were going to do something. No <laughs> pun not intended. I stumbled across that then. But if we wanted to do something that had never been done before, we had to, we had to really get bold. So I remember I almost vomited. I was that nervous. I remember my heart was like in – I could feel it pulsing in my throat. But, um, but we did. And now it's funny. I'm so, I had Periscope for like 24 hours and I'm now permanently banned from the app <laughs> <laughs> because the first time I used it, I'm like, Oh, I'll do shower cam. And, um, I didn't even get anything like too risky out, but, mm. um, but yeah, it's like nudity. We've been on, we've been naked in every newspaper, in every radio studio, um, on so many chat shows on TV, it's just not even a thing for us now. I think I figured out this year alone, something like 30,000 women have seen our penises, oh, men and women. Um, and yeah, that's, that's crazy. But at the same time, it's not anymore. Like the most fun I ever have is when I'm on stage uh, naked in front of a thousand people. It's crazy. It, it makes me shudder. The, the personal thought of being naked in front of a crowd. I mean, lots of performers talk about, you know, uh, figuratively, when I'm on stage, I'm naked because of the, my performance. I'm trying to put it all out there, but you guys are, you guys are naked. We are naked, and it is like, it, it, it's kind of funny because there's no more vulnerable situation than having a thousand people, um, a lot of them lick it up women. I might point mm -hmm. out, um, staring at you naked, but at the same time, when they're clapping and cheering and screaming and loving it, although that's the most vulnerable, when that happens, the acceptance standing on stage and having that happen makes you feel invincible. There's, I've never felt anything like it in my life. It's crazy. It's surreal. 
this might seem like an obvious question and I appreciate you may not be able to answer it. When you're naked, where do you hide things? All I'm going to say is this. We have a saying in our show that good magicians don't need sleeves and great magicians don't need pants. And uh, <laughs> that's all you need to know. Gosh, Chris, that's, man, uh, you have bigger balls than I have. Lots of magicians are... <laughs> uh, <laughs> Lots of magicians are good at uh, coming up with tricks and shows and doing the magic side of things. But you mentioned that that part of the the thing that's really strong about the Naked Magicians is the comedy side of it. Now, is is that comedy something that you've had to work really hard to hone or is that a natural outpouring of who you are? Well, I kind of like to think that I am funny. Everyone describes themselves as funny. A little side note, about five to 10,000 people audition for Big Brother every year. And when you audition, mm. you have to take it. They take a photo of you and you hold up a whiteboard and they, you have to write out three words to describe yourself. And it's something like 95% of the people include funny as one of the descriptives. And obviously not everyone's funny. Um, but that was that for me, that was something I was good at. I mean, you mm. saw my old show and you know that half of what I do is just be funny on stage. Um, and that's always been mm-hmm. my thing. And with the Naked Magicians, it was, it was a bit easier because I had a naturally cheeky sense of humor, as does every single person. Um, comedy, we all find different things funny, but every single human being, no matter who you are, is driven by sexuality. So um, everyone has that little jar of naughty inside of them. That's why we're here, because our parents fucked and had us, and our parents are here because our grandparents fucked and had our parents, like everyone has sex inside of them. And uh, so I sort of wrote my comedy based on that theory on universal stuff that we can all relate to. So we have a trick in the show, for example, where, Mm -hmm. um, and it was a trick that Michael had been doing in his show where he gets an audience member. And I don't want to give too much away, but uh, there's six envelopes. Five of them have fake iPhones in them. And the audience member has put his, phone in one of the envelopes and mixes them up and then we number them and then he rolls up a dice and then he has to smash the envelope with the number comes up um wow. until there's just one left it's a really fun routine um not so much for the guy but mm. we wrote it into the context of well what can people relate to that like how do we sexualize this and make it funny so before we do that actual trick we have like five minutes talking about drunk texting mm. And how it's like the worst mistake anyone can ever make. And, you know, clap your hands if you've ever sent a dick pic. Or clap your hands if you've ever received a dick pic. And like 95% of the women clap because it's that's what happens in 2015. People send drunk texts and people send dick pics. And um, yeah. so we thought, well, let's let's call it the game that you play with your friends when they're about to send a drunken text. And um, so that's what I did. I just sort of took took our magic and wrote sexualized comedy into it with stuff that was relatable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry. That's a really big rant. It's kind of hard to explain what is funny to me, but that's the only way I can describe sort of my thought process when I wrote the show. No, that's helpful, Chris. I appreciate you sharing that. Cool. My pleasure. Have you sent a dick pic? <laughs> yes. Yes. I sent one today. Did you get a positive response? Think about that. I sent a dick pic during daytime on a Tuesday, like while people were at work. Um, yeah, I did get a positive response because it was asked for. Um, and I think that's a very important thing. 
have you been sent a dick pic? A lot of a lot of people assume that I'm gay, mm-hmm. um, and so yes, my Facebook, uh, like the other inbox, and my Instagram direct account, like the direct messages bit, I have received lots of uh, dick pics in my time. Now I don't take offense to it. I'm flattered that, um, yeah. <laughs> This is so weird to talk about. Um, yeah, I get. I have had dick pics sent to me. What do you find attractive about dicks? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not the context I meant it in. But if that's the way you want to answer it, um, what do I find attractive? I'm attracted to, um, like. This is going to sound really boring, but I'm really attracted to humor and to personality. Yeah. And one of the things I've learned, like when we started doing the Naked Magicians, we started meeting women that were in, more interested in me than when I was uh, working at a biscuit factory. And um, mm-hmm. but I've learned really quickly that although someone can be really attractive, and I know this, everyone's going to hear this and say, "Well, no shit, Chris." But I had to experience this to really understand it in the in the big picture that um, I'm a you know like beauty really is a fleeting thing and I am attracted to what's inside of a person. I couldn't have sex with like the nicest ugly person on the planet, but it's I couldn't be with the hottest bitch either. Um, so I'm attracted to physically. I'm a sucker for a cute smile. I know mm-hmm. that. Um, but I like someone with a sense of humor that I can be my daggy self with, someone that does have a daggy side. Uh, whatever the opposite of shyness is, I'm attracted to that. I'm attracted to drive, someone that knows where they're going or where they want to be and aren't afraid to pursue that. Um, I'm attracted to life as well, people that have life in them. And one of my favorite things when I meet someone or when I know someone and I ask, hey, how was your weekend? Uh or how was your day? Their response really affects when someone goes, oh, yeah, yeah, I had an all right day. I just worked. I was like, I had a great day today. I, I, I want people to be excited to be alive. I, I hate it when someone goes, how are you doing? I'm like, I'm so good. And they go, oh, why are you so good? Well, fucking hell, I'm alive. And mm. it's a Tuesday. And it's, it's good to be alive. And so I'm attracted to life, that people that are, that are living. Yeah, these are the things I find attractive. And look, I'm going to rant here. Um, Please. We, we get asked a lot about if, you know, if we meet people through the show and that's the thing we get asked. And I have met a lot of people and um, spoken to a, you know, like a lot of like women. Yeah. Um, it happens. And it, as the show became more and more successful, um, I wanted to indulge more and more. And then one day when we reached a certain point, I was so incredibly lonely and I've never spoken about this in a public forum before. I'm like, I'm only connecting with these people as the naked magician. Um, and then I realized that, that I had the, the most important thing is finding a person that you can share life with and not just all the good bits and not just the bits that you put on social media that make for a good photo at the beach with a hashtag best girl ever, yeah. but real fucking moments in life, the good and the bad and the mundane. And, uh, so yeah, the, I call it the trifecta: my best mate, my soulmate, my fuck buddy, and mm. um, that's that's the standard unto which I I go for. Have you found someone that meets that criteria, that the trifecta? 
there, there is someone in my life that is, um, that I'm very, very close with. And, uh, but I, I do keep my dating life private. Sure. Yeah. Let's just say that I have a, a, a female that I'm very, very thankful to have in my life and proud to call my best friend. I would imagine that they are supportive of you in your entertainment role. Yes. I don't know. I told her I was an accountant. So yeah, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Come on. Um, yeah. Yeah. She, she is. And the best part is she hasn't seen the show, which was kind of important to me in a really weird way. But, um, I get, we get sexualized a lot through the show naturally. And she, Mm -hmm. she, she's seen my knees and I don't have sexy knees and she's, (laughs) yeah, she's, I don't know. She likes me for me. Someone wrote a song about that once, but uh, yeah, so she's, she's okay with what I do, but she knows about all the other stuff I do as well. Not just the naked magicians. Yeah. In a crisis or in an argument, are you fight or flight? I'm, (laughs) I'm neither. I'm, uh, I, well, I never, well, under what context? Uh, let's say, let's make it an easy one. You're having an argument with uh, a partner or a friend. Is it, uh, I need to get away and and think about it or uh, no, we have to talk this out. Oh, I think I'm a little bit of both in the past specifically. I've, I've been flight and, um, this, oh, this isn't something I've really talked about ever publicly. Um, and you know what? I might, I might not even but every person has their demons. And one of mine was, was emotional stuff. And I had a really hard time with experiencing real life emotions. Mm -hmm. And so in the past I've dealt with, um, I've dealt with stuff by running away from it and ignoring it. And especially over the last 12 months, so much has happened so much good and so much bad. And, um, and I've learned that that's what life is. It's good things. It's bad things. and, And it's the stuff in the middle and, and it's okay to, to feel like shit about it sometimes. And um, sometimes you do have to have unpleasant conversations. So my answer would have been flight, but now it's fight. However, in saying that I'm very passionate about not saying things out of emotion. Mm -hmm. I always want to be logically driven. Um, Sometimes driven by the heart, but never driven by emotion. Is that because emotion can often deliver things that are illogical and seemingly out of control? Yes, I think so. And I think emotions change and they're so extreme. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this really interesting quote um, from a very stupid book, but it's, it's attraction is not a choice. And I'm sort of going off route here, but the, the quote is about we can't control what we're attracted to. But the follow-up line is seduction is, and we can choose if we're willing to be seduced or not. And that's Mm -hmm. going back to what we're talking about. I think there's a difference between emotion and logic in that we, we can't really control our emotions sometimes and how we feel, but we can choose if we're going to act on them or not. And, and I never want to be driven by that. I never want to be driven by emotions because well, a movie can make you emotional and a Mm -hmm. movie can make you feel a certain way for the rest of the day. Um, so you, I think when you're in having an argument or a discussion or whatever with someone important or something of importance, I think it's 
really essential to hang on to your logic. Yeah. Not that, not that emotion isn't factored into what's important to us, but I think, I think that's more the heart. I think the heart has a bit of concrete to it when emotions can go up and down and cause us to do things that, that can be dangerous or say things we regret. You mentioned uh, earlier that um, you were, you know, when I was a Christian. Mm. In in the transition from that, because you now have said uh, publicly that you're not a Christian, that that's not part of your, your faith makeup, did you lose friends in that? <laughs> did I lose friends? Mm. <laughs> I lost so many friends. You have no idea. I've... It, uh, I was written off by so many people because all of a sudden I didn't share the same faith as them. And still to this day, I will not bash the Christian faith. Um, Mm. It's, it's not for me, but um, I had so many people that that decided to exclude me from their life. Um, And then I had a lot of people that I hadn't heard from in a long time. And Hey man, I, I, I heard your interview on the ABC because when I did come out as a non-Christian, the ABC contacted me and they did an interview and it went viral. So then I've got all these people that I haven't seen in years. Just wanted to catch up. I've missed you. And then so I caught up with like two people and they both, you know, like 10 minutes of, it was like an Amway sneak attack where they talked to me <laughs> 10 minutes. I go, well, you know what? Since I got you here, what are you doing, man? We want you to come back to God. And um, so, yeah, I lost a lot of friends. And at the time that was really hard. But um, living as yourself and who you really are and what's really important to you is, is so important. And if, I'm sure my mum would say it to me that, you know, if if there was a condition like that in the first place, then they probably weren't ever a true friend. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I've, it's, this, this is really random. But, like, the path that I've been on has introduced me to people that I, I might not have met if I wasn't in the Naked Magicians. And I, cause you know, yeah. now we have to go to events and stuff sometimes. And we do a lot of press and TV and stuff. And even though I hate the show, by pure serendipity, I'm friends with a lot of Big Brother housemates now, like people that have been on the show. And, um, yeah. and I got the best life advice ever from, uh, from a contestant on last year's Big Brother that you never, I won't say who it is. But if I said their name, you'd go as if that person could give any advice. What they said to me knocked me for six. I'm like, that is so true. And I'm so thankful that I've met you. And um, so, yeah, I've got some amazing people in my life that I I wouldn't have met had I not chosen to go down this road that I'm very, very thankful for. What what was that advice they gave you? (laughs) No, I can't say because then it'll it'll give away – who um who, who it was and i just want to respect their confidentiality but um i, I will sure. tell you that it was in regards to relationship stuff for me yep mm. you mentioned uh, just earlier when i came out as a non-christian that's a very interesting choice of words do you feel that like we equate coming out as for people who are gay you know I guess, revealing themselves to people around them that, look, I'm actually gay. I'm not maybe who you thought I was. Was it that kind of experience for you? It was similar. Um, at, at the time of, of coming out as a, as a non-Christian, once again, straight, mm. um, I, 
I was probably at the height of my career as a Christian entertainer. At the time, I had a TV series, Mm -hmm. uh, a Christian magic TV series airing in four countries. Um, I was doing a lot of bookings. Um, I was well-known in all Christian circles in Australia, which to anyone listening, you might not think that there's big Christian circles. There are. Um, And like I was headlining all the Christian music festivals and that kind of stuff. And there was about six months from when I began to doubt my faith. And then I, a few months later, I'm like, well, this isn't for me. And then there was, there was a couple of months where I had to find a way to gracefully and tactfully and respectfully step away and let people know. So I honored Mm. all of my contractual bookings that I had for the next few months. Like this is from a logistical perspective, but I did change the content that was in the shows. Um, and so I, I wouldn't talk about my faith. I'd talk about life stuff. Um, and it was all fine. And I honored all those contracts. And then um, I had a month off. Well, I hadn't taken any further bookings as a Christian, but I, I had a, a month off. And in that month, I, I went on my fan page, my Facebook fan page, which is where the majority of my fans were. And I wrote a very carefully worded statement about uh, the decision that I'd made. Mm-hmm. And, um, and yeah, that blew up. I, I saw a lot of love and a lot of hate from a lot of Christians and a lot of non-Christians. Um, I saw it all, but, um, so that was sort of how I went about it. And I guess the reason I call it coming out is because I think coming out is when everyone looks at you in a certain way, yeah, like you said, and assumes that you are one thing and then it was time for me to go, well, guys, I need to let you know that this is what I am and this mm. is how I identify. And, uh, and yeah, does that answer the question? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I think so. I'm sorry if I feel like I'm ranting a lot. No, it, it's not a rant, Chris. This is your experience of life and, and how you see and, and understand uh, the things that are around you. And that's all, all we want to learn about, all we want to hear. Yeah, cool. What are you going to achieve in the next 12 months? Well, um, the Naked Magicians is uh, is our is our main thing. So we, I, the show has been picked up by um, a couple of international um, production companies, and Gosh. we're yeah, really amazing. So next week we take the show to Asia uh, for the first time, wow. and I won't say where we're going after that. Just, just because we haven't made a public announcement and we have a protocol yep. for that. But um, <laughs> I'm just trying to be very careful here with how I word this. That we have a very bright future with the show and we're taking mm. it to lots of different countries and to a lot of different audiences. The first half of this year, as you know, we did 103 shows over five months uh, in, I think, 30 cities through Australia mm. and New Zealand. So we've, we've sort of really given it a good go here in Australia and it went amazing. And, um, and as a result of that, we got a lot of international attention and, uh, and we'll be exploring that for the next while. Aside from that, I've got a couple of cool shows that I'm writing. I've got one um, that I've uh, written with uh, one of my best friends, Stav Davidson from B105. Mm-hmm. So he and his wife are both stand-up comedians. They've never done a show together before though. So I wrote a show called He Said, She Said, which is going to be at the Powerhouse, Brisbane right. Powerhouse in December. And it's them doing stand-up comedy and they have to talk about the same subject matter, but from opposite perspectives. So, you know, for example, childbirth, which to mm. women is the most beautiful thing ever. And although it is for a man, it's 
like watching a horror film unfold in front of your eyes. So that's, that's basically, you know, the show. So that's, that's one of the shows I'm working on. And then we have another really exciting one coming out next year that we'll be announcing later on. So always working on something that uh, the Naked Magicians is our, is our driving sort of force. That's man. That sounds so awesome. And uh, that, that the Naked Magicians have, uh, you know, there's so many opportunities now and that the show is globally starting to become an opportunity uh, for you and Mike is awesome. That's so cool. Well, we can't believe it. We, we were one of the headliners at the New Zealand International Comedy Festival this year. And it was 12, 14 months after we did our first show. And I remember going to New Zealand. I'm like, fucking hell, this is surreal. And like we sold out the week. It was, I think, seven shows over five nights. And um, it was just incredible. And sometimes I have to pinch myself because um, it's like the show is, is, is so popular now mm. and, it, and it makes people happy and, and, I, and it's a, a thing. And I, I forget that I'm a part of that thing. It, like, it doesn't seem real. Yeah. What, one more question, if I may, before we finish up. About eight inches. <laughs> well, that, that is kind of related, believe it or not. <laughs> How do you cope? Uh, when it's a bit chilly in the theatre? Oh, um, <laughs> well, the show, <laughs> it's its pretty funny because I'm six foot two. Mm. Um, I'm in reasonable shape. I'm broad shouldered. And um, let me tell you, there is nothing attractive about a flaccid penis <laughs> ever. But um, <laughs> thankfully, yes. look, I'm not going to sit here on your show and say, hey, look at me, I got a big cock. But I will say that, you have to be pretty confident in your in what you're packing down there if you want to stand in front of a thousand people and get it out. So thankfully, I'm it's <laughs> I'm getting by okay. We haven't had a complaint yet. We did Wellington. Uh, where were we? Was it Wellington Christchurch? I think two or three it's weeks cold ago. There, man. And um, yeah, it was like zero degrees outside, and uh, we didn't get any complaints there. So I think we're good. Well, more, more power to you in that regard. Chris, thank you for, for sharing what you, you, you have. It's, you know that you are valued and the things that you've shared with us are, are very precious and special. Thank you for that. You're the only person that's ever said thank you for sharing what you have with me. Um, so that's great news. It's uh, What a remarkable journey you're on, goodness me. So we know that you're on Twitter, obviously. What other social accounts do you want to own up to? Oh, yeah, cool. Well, look, there's a Facebook fan page, which is just um... – Christopher Wayne, I think. And uh, I'm literally looking them up now because I don't know what they all are. And uh, they're my, <laughs> the best one is probably Instagram. I use, I use Instagram a lot and it's CW magic. Mm-hmm. So it's Chris Wayne magic on Twitter and it's CW magic on Instagram, which was a bit foolhardy on my account when I uh, uploaded, when I signed up for those accounts. But yeah, if you basically, if you want to see pictures of me, either doing shows or being naked in different locations, um, then Instagram's the place to go. Nice. Well, this has been the humans of Twitter, and I can confirm that at Chris Wayne Magic is indeed human. Yes, I am. Yes.